Hello everybody, welcome to Super Grant and Aqua Steve. It's been a little while, I understand, and of course, unfortunately, still don't have Aqua Steve here. Uh, if you know Steve in real life, or if you, you're friends with him on Facebook or something, send him a message for me. Alright, not, not like, you know, break his leg, send a message, but send a message that he needs to record. Because we all know that Steve is the lifeblood of both podcasts, so please get him in on it. Uh, like I said in the intro to the latest uh, Golden Ages podcast episode, we are going to Comic-Con. Uh, all four of us have purchased tickets. We're going to be at Dallas Comic-Con uh, 2018. Uh, I'm super, super excited for it. They have an awesome lineup of people. We got to go two years ago. And, we, you know, we really didn't get to dig into it. We were only there for a day. But this year, we got several days planned out. We're going to be around each other a lot. We're going to sit in the hotel room and record together. I'm going to bring my microphone and just shove it in their faces and say, hey, say stuff. Because that's how a podcast works. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's upcoming. Uh, right now, I've gotten some positive feedback on some of my solo recordings, and this one is, is very much needed, especially if you've listened to some of my solo ramblings, uh, especially the last one about my hiring process. This basically will walk you through everything that's been going on in my life, so you can feel what I was feeling, and you can see where I'm at going forward. Uh, I'm excited to share all this stuff. So just sit back, relax, and this is something that you could just listen to maybe on a car ride or if you're bored uh, or if you're trying to go to sleep. But this is just my story that's been going on, and this is the best way to, for me to share what's been going on is just to sit down and tell it all to you. So uh, thank you for being a listener, and uh, here we go. <laughs> and just kind of to bring you up to date uh, with what's been going on in my life personally. So, if you know me at all, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of a weird guy. It's understandable. It's what I think that's what makes me a podcaster. It's just like, hey, I'm weird. I feel like I'm weird enough to want to share it with everybody. <laughs> um, so, I've always been scared to death that... Let me put it this way. My biggest fear... If anybody asks me, you know, what's your biggest fear? Like a lot of people, it's spiders or snakes, you know, or a clown or something like that. My biggest fear, it always ends up bringing the mood down, but it's just dying without making a difference. That's my biggest fear is that, you know, we're at a funeral, you know, and if I've lived like a full life, especially, and people are like, well, you know, he was a nice guy, I guess. And there's not just something that they could point to and say, regardless of how he was, how weird he was, you know, even though he only had three friends that talked on microphones, he did this. And nobody can take that away from him. That's what I've always wanted in my life. And, you know, I get, I got very depressed <laughs> not achieving that goal as quickly as I wanted to be. 
And I tried, you know, everything that I could to make that goal happen. I completed college, got the degree I wanted exactly. My parents helped me out with that big time. I finished my student teaching and I got an assistant job here in San Antonio, Texas at a school. And, uh, you know, I was a PE assistant, which meant I was on paper an instructional assistant. So the school could really do whatever they wanted to with me. They could tell me, hey, go lift this, go move that, go, you know, watch this class, make sure they don't kill each other while the real teachers go and do stuff. You know, I know it's just an hourly job didn't get paid very well. I, you know, I was barely able to get by uh, with my salary, if you wanted to call it that. Uh, it, it was, you know, a struggle for a year and a half. You know, I'd, I had my parents, you know, still help me whenever times got really tough. Uh, you know, I had to dip into my savings a whole lot. And it was from uh, January to, well, I actually got hired in December. I started in January of 2017. And I worked there constantly, you know, the full school day, all the way until February, you know, last month of 2018. So during that time, I was, you know, I'm a certified teacher, I'm ready to teach, uh, you know, immediately. And the past summer, summer 2017, you know, I really thought, hey, I've been an assistant for, an, for a semester. And I really thought, hey, there's no reason why someone would want to hire me. I thought that that was kind of the next stair step is like, hey, I'm a responsible guy. I, I've got good references. My principal and assistant principal have glowing things to say about me. I really thought that that's all it took. And again, just to quickly skim over what I said previously on the podcast, I went through eight interviews that summer which landing all eight of those interviews was in retrospect a pretty big accomplishment because the people that I was interviewing against or even that I applied against were people that had much more experience and much more to offer the schools than I did really it was I got the interviews because you know my principal or assistant principal would call personally to put in a good word However, I didn't get hired because of not really, I would say not really fair factors, which is to say most of uh, the people who got hired ahead of me were not PE teachers. They were not people who went to college to be PE teachers or not somebody who had experience being a PE teacher. And, and uh, by the way, everything that I'm stating in this podcast, just in case you're listening with a raised eyebrow, everything that I'm stating is factual. And some of it might be, might be my thoughts and feelings, but those are facts of how I felt. But I'm not stating anything that is, you know, up for debate. Factually, the people who got hired were not PE teachers. They were people who were in the classroom who knew the principal or assistant principal at the places they were hiring. That is the truth of it. Now, some of them were definitely PE teachers. They had years of experience and they were the best choice. You know, if I was principal in some of those situations, obviously you take the 30-year-old with eight years PE experience than the 23-year-old without any. 
that just it just made sense but i was you know quite bitter about the fact that i felt like i wasn't really given a chance and then so i went into the fall semester of 2017 pretty unhappy but i love love the school that i was at and i love the coach that i worked with i loved my principal and assistant principal it's just a great situation to be in so i was you know not super pumped about being there just because i was like man i'm wasting my time i should already be a pe teacher and everybody kept saying oh well you know there's people mid-year hires which in case you don't know <laughs> trs is the texas retirement services or teacher retirement services i think i don't know either way if you work for the first semester of a year it counts for the full year so that's why you'll see some teachers sometimes go for the fall semester and then after december just call it quits because that year counts for their retirement so a lot of them do that just because it's you know it's a lot easier it makes sense um for them financially to do it they don't have to finish out the year they don't have to worry about uh like the statewide star testing and all that stuff but everybody kept telling me oh yeah there will be some jobs opening then and if those jobs are open you won't be competing against pe teachers trying to transfer because they can't so it'll just be you know people up and coming i looked forward to it i tried to ask around as much as possible nobody within the five districts driving distance of me uh retired in the pe department and that was just <laughs> a huge you know swift kick to the gut because i thought man this is just not going to work out for me because i was thinking man if i go through the whole spring semester and i don't get hired and i go into next summer i'm going to be tapped financially and if I don't get hired immediately, I'm just going to have to, you know, work at McDonald's or I'm going to have to just pick a different career that I can do with this degree. It was really that point of like, you know, if I try this for a full like two years and I can't get anything going, I just can't do it. And again, bringing it back to my worst fear is not making a difference and i was you know there's nothing wrong with somebody who makes a career at mcdonald's but i just didn't feel like that was my calling and if i got forced into doing that that would just be the worst thing for me is just being put in a situation where you're having to go to work day in day out not feeling like you're making a difference and not doing what you really wanted to do but that brings us to February 2018 uh, I was sitting around it was Super Bowl Sunday actually and my routine has been to check all five of the district websites within driving distance of me and on one of the district websites on Super Bowl Sunday which was weird they posted a PE teacher position and in this specific district it was not the one that I worked in or that I had all eight interviews in I had zero connections to this district i didn't know anybody that worked there anybody that went to school there i'd only driven through the district between texas state and san antonio that's it uh, i had no reason to think i would land an interview but it was an opening of course so i applied for it my application went through and they called me 
the next day because they had called my references earlier that day, gotten the information about me. They were like, okay, he's a decent enough guy. And they said, hey, can you come in Wednesday? So Super Bowl Sunday, they posted it on a very quick turnaround in the teaching world. And I went in and interviewed at this place. And it, <laughs> it, it kind of can get intimidating. I've had it. I've had interviews with, you know, just somebody from the district level and the principal. But this interview had nine people, you know, sitting around a table, uh, you know, curved. And then I'm just at the middle of it. All eyes on me, which it's intimidating to start with. But once you realize that it's really the principal that's really asking the questions, the other people there are asked to be on that panel and they just read the questions off the paper and you just try to provide the best response that you can and you make eye contact with them because they're the one who asked it. But the answer is for the principal to know because ultimately that's who makes the decision. So I felt like I interviewed pretty well. I thought, hey, this this seems like a place that I could work. Uh, it seemed very welcoming. And this district that I applied in, um, it's small in the sense of numbers and in the sense of um, facilities right now. But this, uh, this district is in between San Marcos and San Antonio, but it's all between San Marcos and San Antonio, which is like 500 square miles entirely for the district. So it's huge. And if you know anything about this area, everything between Austin and San Antonio is just booming. You know, people are moving in from out of from out of state or out of the country, and this is where they're landing. So right now, that district is not, you know, massive, but it's going to be. You know, they're opening two middle schools and a high school next year, and it's just going to continue, you know, pretty much at that rate for a while. So um, I went to bed hoping I would hear something soon because some of the interviews that I've had, you know, you have to wait two weeks for them to give you word. The next morning, it was a morning just before the Valentine's Day party at the school I was working at, and they go a little bit over the top on, <laughs> on the Valentine's Day stuff because they completely take up both gyms because there's two gyms at the school. They take up both gyms to decorate it. So all the kids for each PE class, we had to go into the music room to watch movies all day long. And I was sitting in the office and the principal called me and to be honest, this was the ninth call I've had from a principal after interviewing. And I know I'm supposed to be optimistic <laughs> and I'm supposed to be hopeful that, hey, this is going to be the one. But I had no faith, honestly, because I just assumed, hey, I don't have any connections. The other ones, I wasn't connected to the principal, but I at least knew people in the district. And she called and she said, you know, you interviewed great, blah, blah, blah. And it felt like she was softening the blow of, hey we are going to go a different direction, which is what they always say is their kind words of saying you didn't get the job. Uh, but then she just went out and said, we want you here. 
and it took me a second to respond to that because I didn't I didn't I didn't have a speech prepared. I wasn't ready for somebody to say that they wanted me at their school. Not just, hey, yeah, we think we're going to offer you the job. She said, we want you here. And that meant the world to me that she said it that way. I was in the office by myself, and I was already like behind my desk, and I just plopped down on the floor because I was like, this is it. You know, this is me getting hired. This is me having a future is is what that felt all in that moment and she could tell um it was a huge thing for me hands were shaking and sweating a little bit because i just couldn't believe it the we just talked about what it meant and what the expectations were and she just sounded so excited about it and so after i hung up the phone i I tried my best to be a good son because the first thing that i did was i hung up and I dialed my mother. <laughs> so apparently it worked out. So that's my advice to any guys. <laughs> Call your mom. And if you can say that, hey, mom, you're the first one that gets to know, that's that's a pretty special thing. So I told her about it, called my dad and told him. And then at that point I realized, whew, <laughs> I got to start making moves to leave the school that I'm at because... The situation at the new school that they hired me at was they didn't have a PE teacher. And she said, I mean, that was a Wednesday. And she said, I need you to start next Thursday. Or sorry, I interviewed Wednesday. She called me on Thursday. She said, I need you to start one week from today. So that, I mean, it's quick, quick turnaround, you know, trying to figure out what I was going to do. I went and told my... Uh, assistant principal and she she kind of she was bittersweet about it because I had told her several times during my employment hey if you ever need anything ask me about it and there were situations where I did a lot of stuff outside of my employment you know a lot of like heavy lifting whenever I was off the clock you know I did like a lot of extra time that I didn't get paid for but I didn't do it to make money I did it because you know for one straight up honestly it would make a good impression that would help me in the future but two if I'm gonna work somewhere I want to be the best that I can be for that school and if I'm just helping out with PE that's not being the best I want to be able to help with everything and she she knew that and appreciated that work. So she was happy for me, but she was sad because I had become kind of a part of the process uh, there at that school. So, I, I mean, I was kind of sad about it. And the thing was, like I said, we had the Valentine's Day party that Friday. So I told the kids that day. Because I did not want to, and by that day I mean I told them on that Thursday. Because I didn't want to tell them at their Valentine's Day party. And then I didn't want to wait until Monday and spring it on them like, hey, two days from now I'm gone. So I, I it was a quick turnaround, but I all the kids were in there to watch the movie anyway for each grade level. So that I knew that day I would have the opportunity to tell all the kids. And I... I tried to, 
I tried to make it as as kind as I could because I said, you know how the other coach is PE teacher and I'm his assistant. Well, I get an opportunity to go be a PE teacher somewhere else because there's another school that needs a PE teacher. They don't have anybody and they need somebody to go there. And the principal thinks that I've learned so much from this coach and from each and every one of you that I'm prepared to go be that coach. Um, and the, the kids, <laughs> the kids took it pretty hard because they've had a lot of assistants leave and I didn't want to be that guy that was just leaving, you know, like I didn't care about them. Uh, so I've already planned to go back, make appearances and, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of a, a part of that school as much as I can be. Um, I told all, I told each grade level I had to give the speech for, you know, kinder through fifth grade. So I had to give it six times throughout the day, but I wanted them to know. I didn't just want to disappear one day. So I told all the kids and then I saw them all at the Valentine's day party. And then I saw them the next week. And on that Wednesday, my last day, that was something I don't think I was prepared for. I knew I was leaving. I knew it was going to be my last day. And I knew a whole bunch of kids that, you know, I'd really connected with, you know, would probably come up and, you know, maybe give me a hug or something like that. But I wasn't ready for how much of those kids that there were. You know, the first class today was second grade. And every single kid walked in with a card. You know, not like a Hallmark, but like a handmade card. Each and every kid. And, you know, just all of them were saying nice things towards me. And it meant a lot. And then I had kindergarten. And I got pretty much the same thing. And it was amazing to me how some of these kids are still five. But they were able to process that I was leaving and that it meant something to them. And then, you know, first grade, third, fourth, fifth, throughout the day, I just kept getting these cards and notes and little gifts and just like these hugs and these please don't go and, you know, come back and see us. And the biggest ones was like these kids who were, you know, seven years old telling me that they were happy for me or that they were proud of me which is just crazy to think that they could have a feeling of pride for one of their teachers leaving it's it's just nuts um and that you know that's that's hard because i really built a lot of connections there at that school and uh i definitely <laughs> i definitely miss a lot of them but they're in good hands. They already have another assistant there that is a certified teacher and, you know, came in and is already loved by them. And I'm sure a lot of them have already moved on from me. But, you know, I'm going to remember those kids in my time at that school. So on February 17th, I went in, or sorry, February 15th, it was the day after Valentine's Day. Uh, I went in and got introduced at the staff meeting at the new school. I got to see all the facilities and I got to get to work. You know, I got to 
help put my stuff in, you know, organize things. I did that whole process. And then uh, the following week, uh, they had the Monday off. February 20th was my first day. And it was interesting. (laughs) It was interesting because, and again, just stating facts. I'm just stating things that people have told me specifically the previous coach that was at the school that I'm at now was apparently not very passionate about their job. They would sneak away during breaks during the school day and go get pedicures or go see a movie if they had time or if they didn't have time because they would come back late and just didn't have enthusiasm for it they would go and get pedicures or manicures or you know go get food or do whatever come back and then every grade level every day for eight years that she was there they did stations which stations is you know not a terrible thing to do for pe but she would tell them hey go back in the equipment room grab whatever it is you want to do today and let's just just go for it And she would let the kids play by doing whatever they wanted to for 50 minutes. And she would just kind of hang out with them. At the end of the 50 minutes, when the teachers come to pick their class up, it was, she made it the teacher's responsibility to like settle the kids down, get them in line, leave the equipment and go. That was, that was how she treated it. And, you know, from a PE teacher point of view, I went and watched them do their, like, they call it Move It Monday, which is basically they get any equipment that they want and do whatever they want. Um, I watched that happen, and a lot of them, they just don't know how to do anything, obviously because they, they haven't had a teacher that's taught them how to do anything. And that was probably the most heartbreaking part of it was that these kids are great, but no one has taught them anything. No one's spent the time to plan out things, take lesson plans, you know, organize them, have structure, teach them how to do things, and then have games where they get to practice those things, which is the job as a PE teacher, in my opinion, along with a lot of other, you know, little side duties. But that's what you're employed for. And, you know, I just watch these kids try to, like, shoot a basketball, and they just have no idea how to do it. They're not even hitting the goal. And, you know, I'm not saying that, like, all these kids suck and I don't like them because they they don't have athletic skills. It's not the case. It's just, it's sad that they don't have the knowledge of anything. They don't know rules. They don't know structure. You know, and so me coming in... It's this past month, because I've been there about a month now, has been a huge transition process because I'm coming in there with a huge passion and a huge heart for what I do. And I want all these kids to learn. I want all these kids to have fun. um, But I want all these kids to be safe as well. So I've changed a lot, you know, like whenever... They came in there, they could just lay down, they could talk to their friends, and I've taken 
those things away. You know, whenever they come in and they want to just climb on the rock wall, they were allowed to do the rock wall whenever. I said no, because they don't know how to do it safely. They weren't using mats either. And I have a hardwood gym floor, and that's a easy way for them to fall down and hurt themselves. So it's it's been a process. I've had a lot of kids just tell me that they hate me. They think I'm super dumb, which, I mean, coming from a kid, that's, a, that's like an F-bomb insult. <laughs> but some of them have seen what I'm trying to do because they have, you know, really good parents and they appreciate it. And they already tell me that they like me better than the other coach that they had their whole lives. So I've had the good and bad sides of it. But it's going to be good. This place has so much potential to be an amazing place for me over the next couple of years. Uh, or next, next lot of years because I'm still a long way off from any type of retirement. The, the school is a weird mix of kids that, like, some of them come from shelters, some of them are millionaires' kids, and that they're all in the same class together. I'm there now. Um, I'm happy to be there. I'm, I love the people that I work with. I love the principal that I work for. Uh, I haven't really met many parents, but the ones that I have met are really great. And there are some great kids there. And it's, it's a poorer school. It's a Title I school. It's supposed to be a much rougher school than the one I was at, but but none of that matters to me. The the kids are kids, and it just depends on how you treat them. And a lot of them have been treated like they aren't worth more than leaving to get a pedicure. And so them getting somebody that's trying to show them, you know, a teaching love is hard for them to understand because it feels like I'm just being mean to them. So that, that's that's where I'm at right now. I, I hit this huge, monumental point in my life where I got a teaching job. Like, I hit it. I made it. Like, I, feel, I felt like Rocky. Like, yo, Adrian, I did it. Uh, that was a terrible Stallone. But, like, I, I felt that huge victory. And then now I've hit that victory and now it feels like the real work is beginning. Um, you know, I, it's a 35-minute commute for me. It's, you know, it's tough sometimes dealing with that. It's tough being so new there, new to the district, and there's all these changes going on. They are a booming and growing district, but they're having to build facilities for all these new kids coming in. So, like, the district's in debt. You know, so it's like I can't really get new equipment. I'm just going to have to work with what I have. It, it, there's just all those factors that go into it. But I made it. And that's the big thing. Um, and, you know, I, I, I felt like a lot of people said this to me. Was just like, oh, yeah, it'll, it'll work out. I feel like it did. Coming from somebody with all the depression and so much desire to achieve just that thought of like man if just this one this one thing would work out everything else would fall into place coming from that thought process and getting this job it doesn't it things don't just all magically work out at once yes this big thing i wanted to achieve is here and now i can like finally save money and not take out of my savings anymore 
you know, now I can really work and have control over the program. But it comes with more responsibilities, more stress. It comes with a lot. But I'm much happier here than I was before. But if you're somebody that suffers with depression or just like a deep desire to be somewhere that you're not, that you just can't get to because it relies on other people, it sucks. But if you just keep pushing, something will work out. It may not be what you expect or where or how, who, what, when, where, how, why you expect, but something will work out. You know, if you just push forever and you don't get anything, well, at least you pushed. So if this is an inspirational story at all, take from it what you will. Um, if you just take from it that like, hey, Grant got everything that worked out and he recorded for half an hour and just told us, you know, that things worked out for him. He bragged for half an hour. Sorry. <laughs> but I just felt like this was a story that needed to be told. Uh, you know, a lot of the times on the on Golden Ages podcast, you know, we get all of our, our yucks, our laughs, our giggles. You know, we, we just make, we make each other have fun. And that's what I love about those guys. Um, Super Grand Aqua Steve has always been me and Steve. And me and Steve are connected based on deep, you know, anxiety, deep depression, all that stuff. So it gets a little bit more, it gets a little bit more real over here, when, especially if it's just one of us. But me, I cannot wait to sit down with Steve again and talk about everything because Steve has been up to a lot himself. And I want to hear about it because I haven't heard about it. And I want it to be on the podcast when I hear about it so you can hear me react to it. Like, whoa, oh my gosh, that's so cool, Steve. You know. But if, if you're somebody who's reaching for something, just go for it. That's the message from the Super Grand Aqua Steve podcast and from Super Grand himself is just, hey, keep going. Uh, I made it. I'm very happy that I made it. I did not make it alone. <laughs> I had my parents and I want to say that like, oh my gosh, I had so many people that helped me. I had my parents, a few other relatives, probably about three, and I had three friends. That's it. That's all that helped me get to this point. Um, the principals and other teachers and people that were my references, I worked hard to make an impression on them to get this job. You know, I did. I was. I really feel like I wasn't given much to get to this point. But even if you do feel that way, that's cool. I am very proud of myself in this moment. Um, but that's it. That's really. That's you. You're caught up on my life right now. I still live in San Antonio. I have to drive north to go to the school that I work at. I love it. Um, you know the. Each and every one of you, the podcast is stuff that's on my mind all the time. You know, I'm sharing with the other guys, even though they're not there. Um, naturally, my gym is decorated with superhero posters galore. And I talk just like I do on this podcast, just as I do in the gym. Uh, so this is just the ongoing inner monologue from Coach Kimbro, which is what I'm affectionately known at. Uh, most of the time, the the kids have uh, 
sliced off the Kim part of my last name. So they affectionately know me as Coach Bro, which I'm completely fine with because it just makes me sound cool, which is something rare to come by. <laughs> um, but I, I hope that each and every one of you listeners is having an amazing time. I cannot wait. Three weeks from now, we will be at Comic-Con and I can sit down with the guys and just talk. And I plan on recording as much as possible. You know, if you're not friends with us on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you should add us because we're going to probably be taking a lot of pictures and videos and stuff like that. But uh, I hope all of you have an amazing day today that you're listening to this. Um, If there's anything else you would (laughs) want me to ramble about or Steve to ramble about or for us to talk about on either podcast please let us know on Facebook or Instagram or something. Um, thank you for being a listener. Thank you for letting me get all this, you know, out there in the world that I made it and it feels really good. So, um, for the absent Aqua Steve, this is super grant saying, keep pushing on. <laughs>